Australia have beaten Sri Lanka by seven wickets with 18 balls remaining, so it's two out of two for them. The Proteas will play Sri Lanka next on Saturday. Talking about the Proteas, let's welcome Spot24 journalist Kanyiso Chwago on the line. Uh, good evening, Kanyiso. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Good evening, Kamito. Good evening, listeners. Before we get into the SJN hearings, you come a long way with Quentin de Kock. Are you surprised by the stance he took on Tuesday? Look, um, players have personal beliefs. Um, but to let your personal beliefs get in the way of you actually representing your nation is a bit of a shock. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm reminded of the press conference, I think it was on the 12th of June, after they made 100 against West Indies in the first test in St. Lucia, where Ned Patrick reported in the Steelers and actually asked him about him not taking the knee at the time um, when some of his teammates did. And that was the first time um, where the pro teams actually actively had a, not, I won't call it a proactive song, but one where it was clear that they could do one of stand, uh, taking the knee, standing with a fist in the air, or um, standing at attention. And I think um, in, in subsequent matches, Quinn um, has understood that attention is just stood um, with his arms behind his back. And when he was asked at the time, he said that um, it was a personal choice and it's not something that he wants to um, get into and that, it, and that is a choice that needs to be respected. So, I mean, in the heat of a World Cup, and then the one thing I do want to say is that um, from time to time we come across environments um, where as much as we, we, we like where we are, we don't always agree with certain values and systems. But when a certain value um, is for the greater good, whether it clashes for your belief or not, um, you'd find that you don't lose much by actually being part of the delicacy, especially when it espouses the greater good. So I think that the optics of, of Quentin's actions, um, he may say that he's not a racist, and I, I would love to believe that he's not a racist, um, but the optics of his actions, especially in a country like South Africa with our checkered past, with cricket checkered um, uh, discriminatory past that has come to light, um, through HN, and remember that a lot of the things that have been raised at HN are things that took place in the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. it's 90s, 2000s, um, very recent issues um, regarding discrimination. Um, it's just a simple matter of what have you read the room? Um, one would love to say that he, de- he hasn't. Um, as Michael Holding, um, who will be appearing at HN tomorrow, um, and off what has continually said education, education, education. Because you learn something new every day. You may you may exist in a space where you aren't exposed um, to things that are triggering to some and not triggering to others. But if you learn from teammates, if you learn from people who are outside of your circle, um, you may find that, um, look, certain values, as much as you believe in them, there's a particular time and place for you to believe in those things. But I think once you've done a national team jersey, it becomes about the greater good and the message and the optics you send out as an individual. Okay, let's move on to the SJN hearings because I think this Quentin de matter has been dissected so many times throughout the day on SAFM, on SAFM and we can go on and on. But I want to move to the hearings. It was a big week, um, can you so today, with le- well, this week, with Legal Eagles responding to allegations made by the spot fixers that they were forced to confess. I've been watching. I want to find out what you've made of the responses this week from these Legal Eagles and the head of the investigating unit. But firstly, I just want to play these clips for those who must who 
who might have missed it. Uh, they, this is Mr. David Becker, former ICC legal head, uh, who was also responding to the allegations made by the convicted spot, fi spot fixers, the likes of Tamitsolikil and Dona Bototsobe. Mr. Ahmedman, it's very unfortunate, I feel, that this investigation, which was praised by the ICC for its processes and outcome, uh, has been tarnished due to the opportunistic claims of, of a few people. I find that uh, very disappointing. As, uh, as an independent third party, you having agreed to assist to fight cricket against the scourge of, of, of match fixing, it's very disappointing to find myself in a position where I have to defend allegations that have no merit. Mr. Satorbe goes on to allege that he was intimidated by me. He was threatened with criminal sanctions and the laying of criminal charges. And was a qualified attorney. He also employed the services one of the most prominent senior counsel in Klebeja, the late Mr. Terry Price, SC. So he had four lawyers in his corner. And not on one single occasion did any one of these people allege that I had somehow intimidated them or coerced them. In fact, it was quite the opposite. That is Mr. David Becker. What's your summary of what's happened this week from Louis Cole to David Becker? There's a line that Utaki to the servants are used um, in yesterday's conversation with David Becker. I mean, not David Becker, um, South African Cricket, South African Cricket Association um, CEO Andrew Preske. This match fixing matter may have been a red herring. Um, when you look at the thorough testimony from Cricket SA's anti-corruption chief, Louis Cole, and the thorough testimony from David Becker, one realizes that um, this may be the case. However, though, one also looks back at when these investigations took place and actually you wonder whether um, these investigators, along with former Cricket South Africa CEO, Harun Lokat, one thinks that they should have made um, the results of these investigations public. In that way, it would have neutralized the need for the match fixes in particular to explain as well as I mean. Um, if you look at a number of the, actually their testimonies, um, their testimonies, uh, that would be Etim Balati, Alvaro Peterson, Robert Otobe, um, and Tamito Negile, they talked about being treated badly. Um, they talked about being racially targeted um, in the investigation. Whenever they were pressed, um, that is Louis Cole and um, and uh, David Becker. They made it clear that they were led by the evidence. And in being led by the evidence, we need to be honest, when it comes to criminal investigations, where evidence is neither black nor white, you need to prove with that. Did you do it? No, here's evidence of me not doing it. You've done it, here's evidence to prove that you've committed the crime. So one would love to think that had this matter been properly ventilated as soon as everyone was given the hand, um, it would have now removed the need for this match-fixing matter to come up. I mean, the manner in which the players were entangled in match-fixing, there was a 30-minute video um, mm. that uh, Louis Cole played. I, I mean, videos. that 30-minute video, it was so revealing. Um, you should have seen how Fulham Bogey spoke about how mm. he wrote in the players. I saw. Then you started to realize that there was nothing uh, to do with the uh, People were enticed by money. They uh, they breached ICT entity match fixing codes. They need to do the time. So, look, it's, there may come. I would love to hear them now actually explain this out of the story and say, but 
this is where David Becker got it wrong. This is where Louis Cole got it wrong. Especially after we saw those videos that were played during these hearings this week where that, where the confessions video, were being that made. That video, the listener was so, was so, this thing. Mm. It was shocking. It was shocking. But one realized that, I mean, you, you should have listened the way Kulam Bodhi spoke. And he spoke with such confidence in how he roped in the players, how the guys are communicating. I mean... There was a part where Louis Cole and David uh, David Baker said, oh, Vito Peterson wiped, I think, 180 messages from his phone. But there was software available that was able to help him retrieve those messages. Mm. I mean, that is, that is obstructing. That is the beauty of obstructing. I mean, you are obstructing an investigation. And then to turn and say that, no, um, I was targeted, I was not given. I mean, in of the of opportunity, David Baker said that between... Um, 2016, and it took 18 months to bring the mm. Nobel to book off to cooperate with the investigation. I mean, and even his legal team apparently was not happy because he was not forthcoming with the truth. And and I've always maintained, um, Kanyiso, and that's my view. I felt the momentum was lost of the Black Lives Matter movement when it was in full swing last year. It was lost when it was muddled, muddied with the spot fixing allegations. Uh, would you agree? Was this the place for the spot fixing allegations? This SJN hearings, or were these SJ hearings uh, for something else? Are these two separate issues? I mean, because, and I think it's been raised. Um, it was raised when the match were testifying. Um, it was also raised um, in the rebuttal. The issue here is that was there discrimination in the testifying, in the, in the investigations? It has become clear that there wasn't. And that's why now there isn't a place, but the problem is it goes back to the opaque nature in which the investigations were held. Um, if it's a, an issue like match fixing, especially when you look at how Hans Kornier's matter played out, um, this should have been explained as soon as the investigation ended. Because that way, it would have given the players an opportunity at the time to explain themselves. And if, to explain some of their issues with the investigative process, they would explain at the time that, no, I, I wasn't happy with aspects of this investigation. And then they would have had the opportunity at the time to clear their name. It's like now they found, a, they found a process in which to clear the name until a certain period. Now that um, the investigators have now come up under duress, it has also now undermined their processes because if they were very transparent, with regards to how they cleared, um, the, without they with explaining the match fixing investigation process, as soon as all the role players were brought to book, um, there wouldn't have been a space. Was the first question that um, the Utubisanzebe and the Sunday July Sunday Tomele would have asked: What does this have to do with you being discriminated against? They would have been able to tell the stories of discrimination from a selection perspective. And then by them saying that, yes, I am a match fixer, this is what happened, but this is what happened to me in my career. Mm. Then it could have given a bit more context into why they joined. Because, I mean, what time is going to for example? Um, there hasn't been a lot of clarity. I mean, they, I mean, Grantford hasn't appeared. It doesn't look like he will appear to explain the matter behind Tamito Leguilin's omission when he was supposed to be playing uh, um, cricket, even though um, Lindasoli did explain that they tried to push for him for the 2014 test against Australia, but um, that's why he didn't win he didn't win that particular selection battle. But they would have been able; it would have been easier for those for the players to own up to their crimes and say, "Yes, I did participate in match fixing, but this is why I did it. I was deprived of 
of, of financial opportunities while I was a player because I felt that I was being discriminated against. Now, and that, and that is what led me down the dark path. I mean, in Hunter's Crimea's documentary is very much straightforward. He had a, he had an extreme love of money, and that is why he got entangled in match fixing. So it would have been very easy for those players to say that, look, the reason why I got entangled in match fixing, I was disillusioned with the game. I thought that I should have received more opportunities. I didn't. I was discriminated against, and that's why I took the part. Instead of them using that platform to try to clear their name. Okay, young man, let's leave it there for now. You've done fantastic work there covering this SJN hearings uh, this week. And I'm also looking forward to uh, tomorrow with Michael Holding there um, speaking at the SJN hearings. He's not giving testimony. He's just been invited uh, to speak. So looking forward to that conversation with him, Advocate Dumisa Ntabeza and Advocate Fumi Sangele, who's also been brilliant for me uh, watching these hearings. I've just enjoyed how she asks questions, how she engages, and how she also listens and pays attention to detail. So thanks, Kanyuso Chwako, for speaking to us. We're going to speak to the president of re-elected president of Netball South Africa, um, Cecilia Mulukwane, next. But we've got a voice note here. It can only be Libra. I'm putting my... How much do I have in my pocket? I don't have anything. Okay, let's, let's just play it.